It's time for the BallQuest Mailbag Podcast, answering your questions from the General's Quarters every week, right here on BallQuest. Good Thursday, everyone. Welcome to the VolQuest.com Mailbag Podcast, presented by our good friends at Smoky Mountain Organics. Don't forget, four locations to serve you. They got Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, Sevierville, their newest location in Kingston Pike, across from Trader Joe's in Knoxville. Be sure to check them out online as well at SmokyMountainOrganics.com. Smoky Mountain Organics features the best brands and bath and body care items, organic teas, largest selection of plant therapy, essential oils in Tennessee, plus much, much more. Uh, remember, if you're in-store shopping, tell them uh, about VolQuest.com and you'll get 50% off your total purchase if you're purchasing in-store. Of course, you can purchase online at SmokyMountainOrganics.com. With Rob Lewis and Austin Price, I'm Brent Hubbs. Glad to have you along with us as we dive into the mailbag here with plenty of questions. We'll get to as many of them as we can, and we'll start with Vols uh, 1024. He wants to know how many transfers this Hypo target this year in the offseason. What positions will Josh Heupel target in the transfer portal in this class? I think it depends on how what, what you think of your team leaving the season, and, and then you know who, who's still here, who's not. Um, you know, I mean, I think we all know that Cade is you know going to play this season, and then he'll be off to the NFL barring an injury. Um, so, like, I, if I was to see, I would target tackle in the transfer portal um, or or offensive line in general. They've got four guys committed, but I think they should add at least one more, um, you know, maybe two uh, if you can, if you know, the, the rule passes and you're allowed to take up to seven guys that won't count against your recruiting class. Um, I, I think offensive line is, is an area where they've got to continue to be better. So being able to go rob and get someone who has experience, who's been in a college weight room, because that is such a developmental position, I think it could help Tennessee. We'll get Rob's mic hooked up here in just a second, get him taken care of. Didn't hear him there on that. I'm with you, Austin, in the sense that um, I think you could certainly look at and need to look at um, offensive linemen as a possibility to jump in there. Um, You know, I think the tight end position is interesting. Does Princeton Fant come back? Does, you know, Jacob Warren, those guys can be back because, you know, those super seniors and and that type of thing. I think you probably got enough depth there. Uh, but but don't know you know for sure. Um, I, I just think with where this roster is, you could probably take somebody at about every position, you know. Um, and and you know you then, sure couldn't argue against it. You yeah. sure couldn't. You could take one at any position, and you could argue that that was the right move to make. Yeah, and and of course you've mentioned made this point too. I mean, what what do you do at the quarterback spot? I don't think we know an answer to that until a until a QB one emerges. Uh, at this point, I, I don't know what you do at quarterback. I, I don't know where the quarterback situation is or isn't. And again, how this goes the rest of the season will dictate a who you need to have, b what you, you what you need to, you know, go what what you have a need for, what you don't have a need for. So um, we'll we'll check that. You know, keep an eye on that as the season pr- progresses. All right, let's go on to Winston Vol eighty eight. Uh, what is your opinion on why the investigation is taking so long? Um, I know you say no one is talking, but what do you guys, what are your hunch or opinion? Does Danny White realize that this has an impact on recruiting? I think Danny White's fully understanding of where this is. Dan, Danny White's not completely in charge of this investigation, Austin. I mean, you've got obviously the, the legal team from the university is, is hands on 
uh, in this. And, and that's a big part of this. I, I think that's more where the methodical work is coming from is out of uh, the legal side at the University of Tennessee. Uh, remember, the chancellor said months ago that this would not be resolved this football season. Uh, so her timeline has always been later rather than sooner. Um, so uh, I don't think the timeline is necessarily off for where she's at based on her conversations with the legal team. Certainly Tennessee wants to get it done as fast as they can, um, but they just haven't been able to, you know, get there yet. I, I still think the third party legal counsel is continuing to do work and continuing to in the month of August, put work in and do work as well. So I don't think there's a resolution to that coming anytime soon at this point. Uh, Duffield Vall wants to know, will our O-line improve? I've been disappointed in them so far. What are your thoughts on the O-line? You know, uh, Rob, when I look at this offensive line, um, you know, it's kind of what we thought going into the season. They're, They're really thin. The loss of Cooper Mays the last couple of games, I think, hurt this offensive line because it just made them weaker across the board. You know, Carvin had to shift over, which made him weaker at guard. Carvin's not as uh, uh, as up-tempo as Cooper is with the offense. And, uh, you know, with the combination of Carvin and Hendon Hooker, I think that's why you've seen them slow down some. Uh, but, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I just uh, – ultimately, Rob, I feel like this offensive line just can't handle injuries. Uh, if they've got their, their top five out there, I think they'll be okay. Um, outside of that – to me, it's really worrisome. I agree. I think, you know, we've seen that just already. I mean, and it's not a shock. I mean, we talked about it in the preseason, not just us, but a lot of, you know, people watching this football team wondered about offensive line depth. And it took less than two quarters for it to show up. And, and I, you know, we said this before, when Cooper getting hurt, sliding Carvin over, that makes you worse at two positions. And I think that's a good point you made, AP, about the operations, about, you know, just because Jerome doesn't do it every day in practice for, Two hours, he, he, you know, you can't expect him to be as smooth or quickly. For what they want to do, yeah, especially at that that weight. And you know, Cooper's also the guys making the pre the pre snap reads and checks, that kind of thing. So, you know, he may not be their best offensive lineman, but he was probably up there as far as along with his brothers when they could least afford to lose. Well, then you lose, you know, you lose K. Ron Calvert, which was going to be your swing guy who could play different positions and. Uh, you know, your help at the junior college tackle, um, potentially Crawford there. I mean, I, I just, uh, he, he just, he's not ready. And um, so they just don't have a ton of depth there. Um, I, I think in, I, I wrote this after Bowling Green. I think the Bowling Green run game was a fool's goal deal. Rob, we all know how bad they were against the run uh, the previous year. So I, I think you can't get, you, you should not have gotten too caught up in what Tennessee did in that game from a run standpoint. Um, will they get better? I think they will if they stay healthy, if they have a rash of injuries. Um, I don't know. You know, Josh Heupel said on Vol Calls Wednesday night, his football team's not as healthy as he needs it to be or, or would like for it to be heading into SEC play uh, this time of year. Um, so we'll see who all they get back on, on Saturday and who all is going to try to give it a go, even, they're, even though they're not 100%. Um, injuries are key across the board for this team. They've got to avoid them. They particularly have to avoid them on the offensive line. Uh, let's go to the next one here. What do you think the game plan is at the quarterback position heading into next year if things continue as they have? In my opinion, quarterback is the road to improvement, especially with this staff. Austin, I'm going to hang on what you said. They got to get it right, whatever that means. 
Yeah, I mean, take two, take 10, take 52. I mean, at the end of the day, until that position gets fully fixed, Tennessee's not going to win consistently. I mean, Tennessee can be weak in other areas, and if they have good quarterback play, it masks it. You can be good in other areas, and if you're poor at quarterback, <laughs> those other areas don't mask the quarterback, uh, you know, unless you are really, really good uh, either on the offensive line, which Tennessee is not, or on defense. And Tennessee is better than everybody thought they were going to be, but they're still not, you know, the 85 Bears or the 2000 Ravens. So, um, you know, Tennessee's got to get that position fixed. If them, if I'm them, you know, I, I get to the end of the season and then I look in the portal again because, you know, you're probably going to lose one uh, after this season. And then, you know, you can't put all your, you know, pressure on Taven Jackson, just like it wasn't fair on Harrison Bailey. It's not fair to, to you know, act like Taven Jackson's going to walk in the door and, you know, be unbelievable. That's not to say he can't. There are plenty of instances of true freshmen making, making uh, real uh, positive contributions in, in the first year. But um, it, it's also a, a very, very tough road as well. Yeah, I don't think you want to hang your hat on on that. And that's no offense to Taven Jackson. I just don't think that's where you want to center, you know, your your immediate continued development of your program. But we'll see what the quarterback position looks like at the end of this year. How much does this, does this unit or this group improve and this offense improve uh, with a quarterback or with those quarterbacks that they're going to play? All right, Rob, do you see Tamarian McDonald and Christian Charles taking snaps away from Flowers and McCullough at all as the season rolls on? I think, I think it's a real possibility. We talked about it, you know, on the Tuesday podcast. Um, both those guys have already flashed in, in limited opportunities. Um, now, I know the, the Jalen, I think, was better this past week, but how much stock do you put, you know, in what anybody did against Tennessee Tech? So, yeah, short answer, I could, I could certainly see it happen because both, both of those guys have made the most of their chances when they've gotten on the field. All right, uh, trio of questions for you guys. Who has surprised you the most on offense and defense in a good way? Throw a name at me. Good way, offense and defense. I'm not really surprised because I think we all thought that he would have the potential to be good, but Jimmy Callaway has, you know, I think established the fact that he could, he could be an explosive playmaker on offense for this team. Defensively? Man, just um, Matthew Butler – I think is playing. I mean, I expected him to be a steady guy. I think he's playing at a pretty high level. AP, what about you? Who surprised you most, offense and defense, in a good way? Well, uh, offensively, um, I'm going to go Darnell Wright just because he hadn't done it, you know, at, at that much of you know consistently um, through his first couple of years. He's been more steady this year. Uh, I think that goes a long way. I'm not surprised by Jacob Warren. I think that the change in offense really was a huge help to him. Um, and, and I think he felt that way all off season. And I'm going to echo what Rob said. I knew Matthew Butler would be kind of, you know, a, a steady piece to the defense, but to the way he's played and can he do it this weekend? You know, it's easy for, you know, Theo Jackson and, and, and Matthew Butler to do what they've done the first three weeks against, you know, Bowling Green, Pitt and, and Tennessee Tech. But can they keep that play up this weekend? Yeah, they, I, can, you know, if they can do that, then Tennessee, that, that's a great sign for Tennessee going forward. Yeah, I'd say through three games, I'm going to throw Theo Jackson on defense. Um, offensively, I'm going to go with Jacob Warren. Um, and Austin, you know him better than, than I do. You've seen him play more. I know, Rob, you have too. 
you guys were both believers in him. I just wasn't sure um, how he would factor into this offense or not. He, he's been he's been a better weapon than I anticipated he would be early in the year. All right, who has surprised you that hasn't done as well as you thought they would have? I'll take this one first. Defensively, I thought Trayvon Flowers would be better than what he's been the first three games. He's going to have to step up his play moving forward for Tennessee. He's going to have to be more of a factor um, than he would be. Um, and then Jalen Hyatt on offense. But, you know, part of that's the injury, but he also had those couple of drops. I, I don't think he's got he's got going the way that I thought he would get going in the first in the first three games. So that's where I'm at on guys who've not done as well as you thought you would do. What about you guys? Yeah, I mean, I'll agree with Hyatt on offense. Um, and defense for me, I think just, you know, uh, Jawan Mitchell, um, you know, he didn't play last week and, you know, he, he was kind of, you know, I, I just didn't, I thought he'd maybe make a little bit bigger of an impact than he's made to this point. I'd say he's been bad, just more, just kind of thought it would be a little bit more. Offensively, I'm going with the elephant in the room uh, and J- Joe Milton at, at quarterback. I mean, I sure. thought he would, I, I mean, I didn't think he was going to be, you know, Cam Newton, but I, I thought he would be able to hit an open receiver, you know, 40 yards down the field. And I'm, that's not to say he can't. I don't know. I, I, that probably sounds overly harsh. Again, I thought he would have made more plays in the opportunities that he has, that he has had. And I'll go with you on Flowers just because that, that was a day that, that was so buzzy in preseason camp. You, you just felt, you know, like, like something was going to happen for the kid. And it really hasn't to this point. Yeah, certainly did not expect Tennessee to be – fans to be discussing the quarterback situation. Thought it would have sorted itself out very clearly by the time Tennessee headed to Gainesville in game four of the season. What's the Vol Nation going to be talking about at the water cooler on Monday morning after this game? I'm with, Good or bad, Hubs? I don't know. I just said, what do you think they're going to be talking about in this game? I, I think they're going to be talking about the fact that Tennessee can get people open in this offense. I don't know if they can execute enough to score points, but I, I, I think there's still going to be talk about this offense works. You just got to get all the pieces in place. That's going to be my takeaway. Yeah, my, I think they're going to be talking about the, the distance between Tennessee and the top teams in the SEC. And what a tough job Heupel has, which goes hand in hand with what you're talking about. They've got to get, they've got to get guys. Got to get some more Jimmys and Joes. Um, all right, Malval wants to know why does Smokey the dog leave the field after running through the tee? Had no idea he did. Um, I saw him. Uh, I saw um, your boy Cole Kubilak with him on uh, opening game on Thursday night on the field. So I, I didn't know he left the field. I have no idea why he would leave the field. I've seen him on the field during the game. Uh, Tampa Ball wants to know any shakeup maybe, on the maybe oh. he maybe he needed to poop. Maybe you never possible. know. Possible. That's anything's possible. Maybe his water dish wasn't out there. Any shakeup on the O line this weekend? The only shakeup I see is if Cooper Mays is healthy, they're going to go back to that original five that they started with. Yeah, Cooper's going to play. Uh, is Valus Jones 100% healthy now? I think he's pretty close. No? Nope. I, I, think think I think he's still a little bit banged up. Okay. Um, he was looked pretty quick last week. We'll see how he goes this week. Um, status on Jabari Small for the weekend? That one I've, I've not heard a whole lot about this week. Um you know, the last I heard, it was, you know, he was, he's been limited in practice. Um, you know, so with that shoulder, you know, it's one of those things that can be tender and, and take a little bit to heal. Yeah. Uh, Rob, has Martinez been pleased with the play of Flowers and McCullough, or has he made their below average play known? Any short term solution there? He seems well, he has, pretty pleased with them. 
anytime he's had a microphone in front of his face, he's, he's seen pleased with him. Certainly has. Um, Austin, status of Mitchell this weekend, you expect him to go? Juwan Mitchell, yes. Yeah, okay. Um, lastly, will Tony Vitello possibly look in the portal this fall for a catcher since that seems to be the weak link to this team? I, I think coaches are always open to the portal. Obviously, they had the kid who transferred from West Virginia give up baseball. Um, so I, I think that Tony Vitello will always keep an eye on the portal as every coach in any sport should. Uh, with the one-time transfer rule and the portal the way it is. Uh, Hard Hat Ball wants to know, with interior linemen struggling, do we possibly see Cade at right guard this weekend? I don't see that move. Do you, not, Austin? No, I don't think they would put – not in this game. I, I think that's something you could potentially see maybe even a week from now or two weeks from now against South Carolina. I just have a hard time seeing them saying, hey uh, – Dane Davis, hey, uh, Jeremiah Crawford, uh, go defend, uh, you know, or go block people in the swamp <laughs> at 7 o'clock. I just I, – I think the easiest thing to do is to um, is to keep Cade a tackle for now. But I do think that that move is potentially coming. And I think it's a move Cade would, would welcome. He loves playing guard. Uh, Rob, if Milton starts, do you think they would have specific patches, packages for Hooker to come in for a series or a few plays due to his ability as a runner? If Milton's healthy, you playing both quarterbacks? I probably am, but I just—I mean, I don't think the game's going to be close. So I, I think it's—I think it's going to give Hypo plenty of freedom to do, you know, to look at some different things there. I mean, I—if you—if you—if you are starting Milton, I don't know that you want to play Hooker just from a confidence standpoint, you know, because like I said, lack. I thought that he was. I thought he was hurt. I mean, I didn't think he was hurt in the bowl, in, against Pittsburgh. I thought he just got yanked, and Hypo was clearly going to keep going with him. So maybe if you make it clear that you know Hooker's got five or six plays, and, and you're not really trying to rattle Milton into thinking that you know he's looking over, you know, looking over his shoulder, perhaps you do that. But I'm, I'm like we've all said, I would start Hooker just for the fact that Milton hasn't played and you know played fifteen minutes and. and Two weeks ago, and you have to think he's a little rusty. Do you want you want that in the swamp on Saturday night? Not close, Rob. You've got him getting shellacked. I mean, I don't. I think the spread's about right. I mean, I think it'll be twenty. 20 can they points. can they backdoor cover, Rob? That's possible. I mean, I, I'm not saying they're going to get beat fifty to nothing. A good I, a good Rory McIlroy backdoor top ten. Good see that. All right, on to Hunter we go. Do any of you guys know the story behind how or why John Chavis was called Chief or is called Chief? Uh, he's part Indian, am I correct? Yep, he is. He has Indian heritage in him from Dillon, South Carolina, and he's in charge, so he's the Chief. He's always been He's always been that. That's That's been his nickname as a, as a result of that. All right, Reform Vault 32 wants to know, what's a realistic path that you could see this game going in in which we're a close game down the stretch. I guess we give that game – they give that question to you, Austin Price. We know where Rob stands. Well, well, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'll go ahead and – spoiler alert, I'm not picking the balls. <laughs> um, but I, I do think they can, they can keep this game competitive within the spread. Um, I do think that they can find themselves into a, a, a somewhat of a game in the second half. Uh, but if, to do that, I think they've got to win the turnover battle um, – and, and, you know, they're going to be the anomaly, you know, to, uh, you know, normally, you know, you know, if, if for Tennessee to win this game, they won't be the team that leads this game in rushing. Like, that, they'll be the team that, that leads it in passing. 
I just don't think Tennessee can run it against Florida at all. So I think they got to throw it early and throw it often. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a chance. Rob, we, we've talked about this too. They've got to win the turnover battle decisively, not they, like two to one, like like three to zero. And they, and they cannot have thirteen turnovers. You know, um, you mean penalties? Penalties. penalties excuse me. Sorry. Uh, they got to get off the field on third down. Um, and defensively, they've got to make some first downs. Yeah, because if it's three and out city early in this game, Florida's going to have all the momentum. So you, you better you better get settled in and make some first downs early in this game if, if you're going to have a chance to make it a four quarter fight. Um, Volunteer eighty seven wants to know more surprise. Uh, Florida almost hit thirty points last week. Are that Kentucky barely beat UTC? Which non SEC team has surprised you the most after three weeks? I'm probably most surprised by Kentucky. Me too. I mean, that's a. I mean, if Tennessee would have needed a pick six to beat Tennessee Tech, I think we all thought that was pretty surprising. Yeah, I mean, I you know, the UTC move, and here's the thing: after the pick six, UTC got the ball, went right back down the field, and scored. Kicked an onside kick. They didn't get it, but they went right back down the field and, and scored on Kentucky. My biggest surprise from the Florida game, and 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 looking back at it, and, and looking at the stats and watching part of it is the fact that in the second quarter, down 21-3, to three, Florida got three straight um, three and outs on Kentucky's – or on Alabama's offense. That's the biggest surprise to me out of the game. That, I mean, that game was a drive away from being a blowout, it felt like. But, but Florida not only gets one stop, Rob – I mean, they stoned Alabama the entire second quarter and held them at bay. That was the biggest takeaway I took from that game. Oh, my – I mean, this, this was part of it, the – but my biggest takeaway was just dominated Alabama in the trenches. I mean, in a way that I don't think I can't remember seeing 200, almost 250 yards rushing. Alabama had 91, and it wasn't like they weren't trying to run it. They had almost 30 attempts themselves. My biggest surprise for college football outside the SEC is Ohio State. I, I you know, I didn't think their quarterback play would be what it has been, but I didn't think it would be as bad as it's been. Um, and, and really, I mean, they just played unimpressive football the first three weeks, you know, um, you know, they, you know, they pulled away after, you know, kind of, you know, been, you know, right there with Tulsa last week, they lost to Oregon the week before, um, you know, at the horseshoe. So I, I'll go Ohio State. I, I think quarterback play from some or of the Clemson. stars, some of the stars across the country. I mean, Clemson's quarterback play and offensive line play has been, has been really poor. Um, UCLA has been a bit of a surprise to me, but then they go and lay the typical UCLA egg against Fresno. Um, you know, so I, I think, I think the quarterback play at Clemson and I'm with you on Ohio state that those two have been, and, and, and uh, you know, at Oklahoma too. I mean, you know, they haven't been dominant against some, some people early in the year, the way that you would thought. That, that's actually not surprising to me at all. Last year they lost two games. They shouldn't have lost. I, I, Lincoln Riley gets all this love because he coached a couple of Heisman Trophy winners, but you know they've beat up on a on a poor Big Big Twelve the last couple of years when they've made the playoffs. Uh, last year they missed out because they lost games they shouldn't. They easily could have lost to Tulane to start the year. Um, you know they you know didn't be, they barely beat a you know an average to below average Nebraska team. I'll say this about Clemson, in my opinion. Dabo and them are going to really – I'm not going to say they're going to sink because the ACC is so weak. But for them to, for them to be, become what they were, he's going to have to make a different – a coaching change on his offensive line. I know Coach Caldwell is a good dude, 
but their offensive line has gotten progressively worse over the last several years. And to me, they're going to have to make a change there for uh, Clemson to be back among college football's, you know, elite teams that can win a national title. Well, they can make the playoff out of that week, week ACC, but to win the national title, I think they're going to have to make a change at, at offensive line. And it, it, it's a lot easier when you got Deshaun Watson and, and Trevor Lawrence under center, no matter who's on the offensive line. Yeah, here's the other thing, too, I wonder a little bit about Clemson. Is, is it a little bit of the Texas, uh, Penn State stuff from years ago from this standpoint? Clemson's done in recruiting typically by June 1st, June 10th. Are they just year. taking the wrong kids? Well, I mean, are they, are they, taking, are they taking guys in tour, particularly the offensive line, which we know is a developmental position? It's easy to find a sophomore wide receiver who can play. You know what I'm saying? or a junior wide receiver who can play that you take early. You can get in dangerous territory taking some big guys early because maybe they don't develop the way that you thought they would develop, whether it's just simple growing or developing there. I wonder if that's a little bit of the offensive line issues as well. I don't know. I just wonder that because they're done so early in the recruiting process with so many of these kids in their class, particularly in the line of scrimmage. Um, so – We'll see how that offensive line develops, you know, moving forward or doesn't develop. NYC Vol wants to know a quick look ahead to the 22 schedule with Florida, LSU, and Bama consecutively early with an open date in there. And then the back end fairly weak. Are the Vols a team that's talked about as ready to be nationally relevant in the 22-23 offseason, meaning after next year? This seems to be a trend going around with the Vols the last couple of coaches. I don't know that the back end of that schedule is just – just terribly weak. Um, I don't think it's nearly as weak as it's been in previous years when you look at the month of November and that 22 schedule. At the end of the day, Hubs, you're playing Alabama. I don't care what LSU is. They're still going to have a ton of athletes and a ton of uh, talent. Alabama, LSU, Florida, and Georgia on that schedule. Road trip to Pitt. Kentucky's still going to be a factor. South Carolina, you know, we'll see what they are. I mean, I, you know, at this point, you know, under Beamer, I mean, outside of him getting his panties in the wad because somebody asked about, you know, the Georgia defense, and I didn't really understand all that. But, uh, you know, I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say the back end's totally weak, um, but that three-headed monster with a bye week, you know, kind of sandwiched in the middle of Florida, LSU, and Alabama in a three-week stretch, ugh. Yeah, I just, I mean, you got Georgia late in there, and I don't see Tennessee sweeping, you know, winning their last five or something like that, like we saw um, a, a few years ago, Butch Jones doing that and getting things going. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, look, for tennis, for the 22 schedule to work for Tennessee, they got to find quarterback play. They got to find a quarterback who, who can get things done, and, and we'll see um, if they find one of those somewhere along the way, whether it's a guy on the roster now or whether they find somebody in a transfer portal or whether it's Taven Jackson, whatever the case may be, for this program to get into the relevancy that they want to be in and fans want to be in, they got to find a quarterback to hang their hat on for multiple years, um, in my opinion. Um, all right, to the next one we go here. Brandon wants to know, do the players on the team like Harrison Bailey as much as all the coaches on the GQ? How much input do you believe Alex Goldish has in play calling? Is our offensive line ahead, behind, or on par where you thought they would be at this point? Um, I don't think there's there. I don't think there are guys that have issues with Harrison Bailey on the team. I don't think there are guys on the team running, clamoring that Harrison Bailey should be the starter. I think the guys, um, 
all believe and have believed that Joe Milton and Hendon Hooker have been ahead of Harrison Bailey um, all fall camp. I think that's where the locker room is on Harrison Bailey. Um, Golish's input on play calling. I, Austin, it, it feels like he's the, he's the extra set of eyes for Josh Heupel um, up there. He has input, I think, between series. But it's hard for them to have any kind of real dialogue between plays as fast as they're going. Yeah, agreed. Um, I mean, they're really going fast. And maybe he sees something on first down that allows them to come back to that on third down. But ultimately, you know, they are going so fast that it's hard for him to, you know, I mean, like TV can't even run a, you know, a replay. You know, yeah, I mean, so I mean, signaling the play in as soon as, you know, the whistle's blowing. The quarterback's looking over to get it. So I'm, I, I agree with you, Hubbard. I would say in between series, they, they chat quite a bit. Yeah, I don't. I mean, that's it has to be. It's it's hard for that to be anything else. And and Josh Heupel, I know he won't come out and say it, but but this is his offense, and and this thing is running, you know, his his way. They're doing what what he wants to do um, in this offense. All right, a couple more before we get out the door. Um, in an era where most schools tell the NCAA committee on infractions to stick it, uh, who advised Plowman and Boyd that it was a good idea to add, admit to multiple level one and level two infractions? Um, I think we've talked about, you know, all of that. I don't think that was Tennessee's best afternoon uh, in terms of having a press conference. Uh, the Veg wants to know, does Tennessee have a sports psychologist on staff or quick access to one? Seems to me that Milton's problems are less mechanical and more mental, uh, much like a golfer gets the yips or um, Rick Ankiel couldn't find a plate. Milton can't seem to hit a deep throw. What are your thoughts? They have a sports psychologist on staff. Uh, I don't think that it's – I don't think it's a case of the yips, guys. I mean, I, I think he's got to he's got to not overthrow a guy by uh, ten yards or eight yards. It's it's timing. He's got to throw it better. Got to throw it with more art. Receivers got to run through the routes better. I, I don't think it's a psychology mental block issue that's causing a problem there. Um, what is one Florida weakness you think Tennessee can take advantage of, Rob? I don't know that I saw. I mean, I've been working on the matchup piece today and doing some research. I don't. I don't know if there is one that Tennessee can take advantage of. I, mean, I think one is pretty sound. I want to save special teams. I think Tennessee. No, can I think that's, the a edge good, of that is a, teams. that's a good one. I was thinking. I mean, I was. I was thinking more about offense, defense. But you're right. I mean, they, they're an extra point away from being in overtime. Uh, hoops. Hoops. Question to you: What's the vibe on Julian Phillips? Vols getting a visit. Is that a good sign? Uh, but anything more than that, decision coming soon, biggest competition. Yeah, it's a good sign, of course, that they're getting a visit. But, I mean, I don't I, – when I talked to him three weeks ago, he was – he seemed as far behind in terms of getting things in order and having a top five as any kid I've talked to two months before the early signing period. And so, no, I don't think a decision's coming soon. Uh, what's going on with Paxton Brooks, Austin Price? He ready, uh, healthy? Going to be ready to go Saturday? As far as I know, um, he'll be he'll be ready to go Saturday. All right. I, I think it was all last week was precautionary. Um, I think it, you know I think they'll warm him up to kick off, and and if he can do that, then you know he will. Otherwise, it'll be more like the pit game where he does not kick off, but he punts. Um, if Tennessee played Pitt ten times, what's the record going to be? I think Tennessee'd have a winning record against Pitt. Oh, I totally do. I mean, three turnovers, 13 penalties? Yeah. Not going to win many like that. Nope. Uh, I agree with you there. Uh, who's Tennessee's true wide receiver one after three weeks? Who are you throwing the there's, ball to, Austin, if you if you got third and four and you got to have a play? 
Cedric Tillman. He's big enough to get off press man, and he catches he catches fifty fifty balls. Um, but I'm not sure there is a one. I don't think there is not in the traditional sense. Yeah, it, does, it does, certainly doesn't feel like it at this point. I think Derek Dooley would call him a sack of potatoes. <laughs> All right. Uh, reviewing the Vols football head coach and searches past Fulmer, in your opinion, who was the best coach the Vols realistically almost landed? Were there any coaches that aren't publicly known who were close to taking the job? Any coaches that wanted the job, however, the Vols surprisingly passed or didn't interview? Um, I think we've ran through a bunch of those. I think Jamie Chadwell is a guy who certainly would have been interested in this job the last time. Um, our man Kyle Whittingham at um, Utah was certainly a factor. When Derek Dooley was hired, he was interested. I think Kevin Sumlin had interest in that job as well at that point. Um, they passed on Doug Marone. Um, you can argue whether that's you know a good move or bad mood, uh, move. Um those are some names that popped to mind. Who's your guy at TCU? I think they could have gotten Gary Jordan Patterson. Hill, Gary Patterson in one of those coaching searches. I, th- I think they could have gotten gotten him in there as well. Um, all right, last question here, and then we're out the door as time's getting away from us. Been surprised by the run game play calls, other than a few quarterback runs. The running back seems running back plays have all seemed uninspired, meaning they lack creativity, unlike the passing game. Seen mostly delayed RPOs up the middle, no sweeps, no fullback use, few reverses, et cetera. Am I missing something? Are they holding back, or is this what you get with this offense? What do you guys think of the run ba- run game creativity to this point? I'm out on fullback. Did he say fullback? <laughs> yeah, they don't have a fullback in this offense. They're not going to line up with a fullback. I thought there was some creativity in the Bowling Green game, not that it mattered. Um, a couple of trap plays they ran, turned tight in, you know, uh, into a lead into a lead back. Uh, or, a, a, you know, fullback, if you will, or lead blocker. Um, I, I mean, I don't think they've shown everything, but, but listen, Rob, they got to block, they got to move people up front. Yeah, to run I, listen, I think, I think it's personnel. When you don't have, you know, 15 yard, a, a run longer than 15 yards gets Tennessee Tech, you know, it's uh, some of that. You just, that's personnel. And I'm, I'm not an XO expert, but you can find some YouTube clips out there of, of guys breaking down Central Florida for the past couple of years and, they, they will explain it to you like you're five years old. And there's plenty of examples of, of them being plenty creative in the run game with, with formation, you know, doing, doing the same thing out of different looks or, you know, just confusing guy. It's, it, it's not hard to find if you want to, if, if you really want an answer to, to your question, there's, there's video out there and some good breakdowns. Yep. All right. You got Tennessee and Florida Saturday night at seven o'clock feels unusual. AP, will there be any orange in the stands, any Tennessee orange in the stands on Saturday night? Should be. If you're a Tennessee fan and you're going to the game and you're not wearing orange hubs, then just stay home. (laughs) If you're too scared to wear orange, uh, Tennessee orange, and you're planning on going to the game, just stay home. That's like, uh, you know, not wearing orange, even though you knew Ty Simpson was going to pick Alabama to his announcement if you lived in Martin, Tennessee. And I know a few that did it. So. AP, calling call people out. Oh, AP, I'm just going to hammer on his way out the door on this edition of the Smoky Mountain Organics podcast. We thank you for joining us on this mailbag edition. That's going to do it. Tennessee and Florida coming up on Saturday. We'll continue to get you ready with a matchup piece later today. We'll have our full coverage coming up on Friday. 
and Saturday. That includes the game day podcast with Ben and Eric. That's coming up uh, this weekend as it's Tennessee and Florida as the Volunteers open SEC play. For Austin Price and Rob Lewis, I'm Brent Hubs. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody. been listening to the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast every week right here on VolQuest.